Well, hello out there. This is Michael, and I'm the lead pastor at the Edge Community Church, and I am joined with... Melissa. Melissa. And what do you do here? Everything. Everything. I'm your wife. <laughs> we do everything here. That's what we do. That's what it is. Everything. What do you do? I don't I, know, everything. I lead worship, and I'm the women's director, plus oh, okay. your wife. Plus my wife, which is... That's pretty big. Well, it's tough. It's, a, it's tough. It's a big job. <laughs> It is. It is. It is. Uh, so we're talking about um, yesterday's service and just kind of sharing some stuff and really trying to dive a little deeper into it and uh, have a conversation about what it looks like. And Melissa's at a disadvantage because uh, she didn't sit in yesterday's service. You know, it's kind of one of those things that she was uh, having to deal with something else. I was serving in kids church yesterday. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That is so mean. It is. It is. It was like. <laughs> it was actually really good. We had a good time. That's we, good. The kids That's had good. lots of questions yesterday, so it was good. That's awesome. But yesterday we talked about those people, right? Those people. And we say, you know, how do you deal with those people? And, uh, and so we're going to dive a little bit into that. We're going to talk a little bit about it. We're going to talk about uh, maybe... Uh, giving up our offense of those people and what's our mindset look like with that uh, question for you what is your biggest pet peeve hmm. that's a hard one there's so many of them huh yeah, right? you're like i don't like, like I this feel- i don't like this i don't like this what's the biggest one though um the like only one that comes to mind right now is um like when we're sleeping you like when you and I are sleeping in bed when you breathe in my face. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. all I can think of. You know what comes to mind instantly is this. I don't know if you remember that '70s song, "The Funk Phenomenon." You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what instantly comes to mind there. And I don't think that my my breath is bad at night. It's not it's until not. the morning that it's bad. It's not bad. It's just like. I don't. I was. I want. I almost said negative airflow, but that's not what I mean either. I don't know. I guess I don't. There's not really like that I can think of right now. There's not like any huge ones. What about you? Oh, mine is little noises. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hate it. I hate little noises like the little things that just kind of like little rattles as we're driving mm-hmm. around in the car that's the reason why i have to drive a newer vehicle because as soon as one gets old, old enough to where it starts rattling then yeah. i'm like i gotta i can't i can't do this it's I, really yeah. bad you guys we've had to pull over on the freeway and everything just so we could figure out what that little little rattle was in the back <laughs> It's like a zipper, a zipper clinging or something. Well, we've like, had times that. where it's like, we, you know, the seat belt just accidentally, you know, bounces up against the wall. Like, we got to fix that. Like, I can't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the bad part is, is that I, I listen to talk radio while driving. So <laughs> it's quiet. So it's quiet in the car. It's not like you can just be like, well, turn the radio up a little higher. So the pet peeve of mine is those little noises that, that, that but that's, that's what, a, how about this? How about this question instead? What about what other people do? Like for me, one, Ooh, of, the, one like, of the bad things that I hate is when people smack their mouth while they're eating. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I, it drives me. It doesn't bother you when you do it yourself, though. Huh? Oh, no, I love it. I'm just kidding. I love it. Um, I do I it on purpose say, a lot of times. I know you do. To irritate other people. <laughs> I would say for me, like uh, talking during movies or TV shows. Uh-huh. I'm like, we're not supposed to be talking. Shh. Or like if the kids try to talk to me, ah, wait till a commercial. Not right now. 
What about in a movie theater when other people do it? That's so. If I can't hear them, then it's okay. Like little whispers doesn't bother me. But if I could full blown hear your conversation, it's too loud. And go outside. What about like when they're sitting in front of you and they go ah? You know, like like one of those weird. That doesn't bother me. Uh, it bothers if me. they're reacting to the movie, that's no, they just do it out of nowhere. Like, are they going to bring? Or, you know, another another thing that just bothers me when you bring your baby to a movie. Oh, and they like cry or and whatever. Even if you just bring your baby in the movie, why? Because they're going to cry. <laughs> There's no doubt. Sometimes that's people's only chance to like get to see a movie. I was going to say date night, but maybe I don't. Well, know. then you got to sit up front in the early exit row, right? You got to be mm-hmm. all the way up front because you know you got to be thinking about other people behind you. Because if like, what until that baby starts crying? Are you going to take five minutes to try and stop the baby from crying, and then you got to walk down through the dark theater where there's you know the steps are lit and. <laughs> But still, there's this baby crying at the top of its lungs, ruining the movie. For me, what, you need to be in a place where you can make a fast, early exit. So you should be right so by the basically door. basically what you're saying is people being inconsiderate of others. Correct. Correct. You know, we, we go to Disneyland, and people open up the map in front of you, <laughs> stop right in the middle of the walkway. We literally just had that experience. Uh, several times. Yeah. Like, why stop? Why, why stop in the middle of the walkway? I, I don't understand it. No. So the, the whole point of this this time this though is not for us to be like these are the things that really irritate me about people, but these are the things that are that help that are obstacles. For, yes. Forgive me for my for my lack of uh, verbiage there. These are the obstacles to us actually showing love to people. Yes, you know, like. Like when you come into a movie theater and your kid's crying and you don't do anything about it, you're like, ah, oh, he'll shut up sooner or later. Well, how it's very hard for to love somebody at that point, right? It's very hard to, when you're in the midst of your anger to go, can I help? You know, it's hard at that point. How can I help you get through this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause you're at that point. Why don't you do something about that crying kid? Right. You know, you're too focused on your selfish frustrations than you are trying to figure out how to help this person who is obviously struggling whether it be trying to find a ride at disneyland or trying to figure out how to have their kid calm down in the middle of a movie yeah <clears throat> how do you typically respond when you get angry or offended mm-hmm. if you get angry or offended how do you typically respond i think for me it just depends on who it's with um it's easier for me to get angry or frustrated outwardly if it's like my family, like my close family, like you or the kids, it's easier for me to respond in an outward expression where if it's people that I don't know or people that necessarily don't have a relationship with, I have a tendency to just like swallow it, like just push it down and then you, vent to you. That's how you actually do it with us too though. You usually shut down and you like. Okay. So my answer would be is I generally shut down and don't talk about it. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> And then you wait for a couple of hours to where everybody else forgets about it. And you're like, so I was really angry about this. And you're like, I have to give myself time to process. You're and like, be able really to angry say about it. what? What are you talking about now? You know, um, I know I have some processors out there. Come on, give me an amen there. <laughs> so the, the next question would be is how do you respond with love instead then? When something makes you angry, how do you respond with love? What do you have to do? Well, I think you have to be intentional hmm. with wanting to respond that way and it's almost like that um i don't know i've heard it my whole life like count to 10 before you respond mm-hmm. give yourself time to like take a breath breathe um think about like why you're really angry <laughs> have you ever talked to somebody though that way 
like where it seems like they're counting to 10 before they respond to you. We yes. used to have a communication with, we, we talked yes. to people like that where they go, it's like they're go, calculating how, everything. Like, like, how are you doing? And they'd look at you and go, <laughs> you're like, did I say it in a language you don't understand? I mean, what happened here? How are you doing? This is such a, a great biblically founded conversation that we're having. Well, right I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to turn the corner right now. It's coming. I promise you. It's okay. Hopefully people are laughing along with us. So here's what it says in Ephesians 429. This is like one of the best parts here. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Mm, All right. So what are some ways that you can protect your mind, heart, and mouth from unwholesome talk? Um. Sorry, I'm thinking about like. I thought you were counting to ten. I was, counting, I was counting to ten, <laughs> so that way I didn't respond in a negative way. No, I was kidding. Um, I think it's just really being intentional and being aware with what you're allowing in. Yeah, but our conversations don't work that way, right? As we talk, we just kind of feed back and forth off of one another, right? We, we, as we're talking here, we're going back and forth, having this conversation, and it doesn't have necessarily like this opportunity as you're flowing. Right for me to censor you. For, well, you can't censor me, right? <laughs> I, I I control the buttons, so <laughs> and so. But it, but there's this flow back and forth, and so how do we have this time to where we when we're even in the middle of this flow as we're going to be able to make sure that we have this wholesome conversation? I think it has to be a choice that you make as a person, and if you have chosen to live life like the verse says, then you will only say the things that should be said and not say the things that shouldn't be said. And you also won't engage or react in the negative talk or the negative behavior. Well, what about, excuse me, I apologize. I just did that all in the microphone. But uh, what about the, what the abundance of what you bring into your heart, what you bring into your mind, into your mind, into your heart, the abundance is what comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So what are you allowing in? That's a big question, right? What do you allow in? So if you're in the middle of a conversation and people are like, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? And did you hear this? And did you hear that? And you're allowing all that in. What do you think right. is going to come out is what the abundance of your heart, whatever you're allowing in, is going to come out that way. And so when you're in the middle of a conversation, what do you do when somebody goes, hey, did you hear about somebody? Did you hear about this person or did you hear about that? Well, I think the biblical thing to do there is to go, well, I don't think, you know, we can't, I generally like to go, well, I can't speak for that person. Like if somebody wants to come to me and complain about it to me, then generally I'll go, I'm really sorry that you're facing that difficulty. I can't speak on behalf of that person. Maybe the best idea would be for you to take your frustrations or your feelings or opinions to that person and talk to them. Hmm. Most people don't do that though. Most people don't do that, but you're asking me, so I'm responding in a way that I would generally respond. Most people do, like, Most people feed into it. Like, oh, do. tell me more. Like, yeah. tell me about that. Can you give me more of that sweet morsel? Yes. You know, it's like only eating one Hershey's Kiss. Like, who eats only one Hershey's Kiss? It's really hard. Especially, like, when they put, like, like for me, like, you know, anyway. <laughs> so when they do these things, right, and so 
So what are some ways that you can protect your heart, your mind, and your mouth from unwholesome talk? So I think number one, we've, we've kind of talked about it. We, we can't allow negative conversation, right? Right. We have to feed it with what? What do we have to feed our minds with? We need to feed it with God's word and positivity and making sure that the things um, that we are allowing in is glorifying God. So that way the things that come out of our mouth are glorifying God. So good things, right? Yeah. We want to allow good things in. It's not all about it's not all about just God's word, but right. it's about beauty and it's about mm-hmm. you know the things that we we consider good in this world, right? The you don't want to the, the fruits of the spirit. Well, there's more than that though. If you want to allow, you know, like the the panda, right? You know, pandas are good, right? You know, everybody thinks that pandas are amazing and and you know, and so you want to be able to, that's an that's an image that's okay. Okay. You know, something along those lines. Yes, we want to allow the good in. The good in. All right. Well, uh, how <clears throat> how can you begin building others up with your words? I think you should answer that question. Why? Because I feel I don't build people up. I didn't say that. Is that I what wasn't you're saying? Even, <laughs> that's what sounds you're saying. I wasn't even going to comment on you there. It sounds like I don't. But build I people mean, up. if the shoe fit, I'm just kidding. I feel like I. I'm generally pretty good at being an encourager. Um, and I really don't like confrontation. So generally, um, what I like to do is like a compliment sandwich. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, good on the outside, sucks in the middle, and it's, out, and it's good but on then the you outside. Finish, yeah, you start yeah. strong and you yeah. finish strong, but then you kind of have to like lay the foundation a little bit. Like, hey, I've noticed this. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to work on it. But, you know. How does that work out? Um, for the most part, it works out pretty good because I don't focus so much on the negative and just focus on how we can change it and be better. I, you know, for me, it's a process, right? I, so uh, background is that I've, I was raised in a, in an environment where, you know, uh, you don't have, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of encouragement, right? And it right. wasn't one of those things that, so it didn't, I wasn't naturally an encouraging person. You know, if you didn't perform, you, you, you weren't good, you know, like, right. you know, whether that was in sports or whatever. And so I have a lot of that mentality and, uh, you know, and then I went to work for an, in an environment where if you didn't perform, we fired you, you know, right. it's just how it was. It was like, yeah. oh, you're, you're not very good here. You, you, you've been promoted to customer. And so, <laughs> so that's kind of how it's, it's always been a shift of pace. So it's hard for me, you know, for, you know, when you experience 40 years of that and then you're coming in and going, Hey, how do I, how do I shift gears into this conversation of being loving and encouraging? Mm-hmm. It's a drastic shift from right. being productive yeah. and, and continuing to go, this has to get done. This is the direction we're going to go. This is how we're going to do this. I think there's a lot more people out there like you than there is of me. I think that a lot that the media and the world that we live in today has more of that attitude. Like this is the expectation if you don't meet it in some instances. Now, if you go like into kids, like how people see kids, then it's like everybody gets a trophy. Everybody's amazing. Everybody. That's know. millennials. So millennials and younger are, you know, yeah. or the, 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 you know, not millennials, maybe yeah, millennials. And so it's this group of this age group of say you're like 30 and under, you you know, you're like, Hey, I was raised where everything was encouragement. You know, right. you we're in last place, but we still got a trophy, you know, it's great. Yes. And so, fun. and we still had fun and it was all about having fun. And, and, and I think there's a place for both of those things, mm-hmm. but we still have to have this, you know, this mindset of going, how do you encourage by building them up? Right. Not, not, not just going, Hey, you're great. And when they're, no, 
not. When they're not, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry, Timmy, you've struck out 4,000 times in a row. Maybe baseball isn't your thing. Maybe we should find a different sport. You know, maybe we should do, you know. That would be perfect. You know, I think that we should, you know, you know, I, but I really love it out here. You, I mean, really, you know, it's, uh, what do you love about it? Do you love right. the people? What do you, how can we find something that's a better alternative? Right. And so I think it comes down into going, how do we, and so for us, how do we begin building others up instead? And I think it's about asking the right questions. It's about going, hey, let's find out a little more about this person. Right. So I can encourage them in the right way, mm-hmm. in the right direction, not yeah. just uh, what I believe is the right way. Because it's very important that if you go back into the scripture in Ephesians 4.29, brought it up yesterday in the message. So if you want, you can go back and watch that as well. But if uh, it says, for helpful, what is building others up according to their needs. Right. Not our needs, that but is their such, needs. Like, underline that, highlight it, circle it, make a note in your Bible for that, because... So often I feel like people in general, when they feel like they're helping somebody, they're helping somebody to gratify a desire or a need within them versus helping to help that person. Hmm. Or we tend to think, okay, this is what this person needs, but really that's not what this person needs. We've come across so many people who have been on the streets and who are homeless, and we think that their need is housing. Hmm. But really, their need isn't housing. Maybe their need is a pair of socks or their need is a blanket or their need is a new tent. But when all we're trying to do is get them off the streets when that's not necessarily a need for them right now, their expectations and their wants and their needs are different than what ours align with. And if we aren't choosing to listen to what their needs are and just pushing what our thought that their need is onto them is not actually helpful, just makes the situation worse or it makes it to where we don't even get progress to happen. Mm. Shifting gears. Okay. So, uh, that's okay. (laughs) I I just need to shift because, uh, because we're, you know, this is going so fast. We want to make these 20 minutes and we're already at 18 minutes. And so it's good. Uh, shifting gears into this. Uh, we talked about the, the three D's of destruction. And, uh, so, uh, yesterday, um, it's the, so these three, these three D's make it to where we end up having so much stuff. So if you're, if you were in a planning session, if you were a, a demon down in hell and you were sitting there and you were around a table and you were planning on how you were going to take over Christianity and cause more people to, you're trying to grow the kingdom of hell at that point. Right. And so that's, what's happening as a demon. You're like, how do I get more people? How do I get more visitors to hell? Yes. And our job is to go, how do we get more people into heaven Right. and how do we do this? And so the three D's of destruction. So if you create division, which it's really easy to do right now, you can go, Hey, we can talk politics. We can talk vaccines. You can, talk, you can literally talk anything, anything right now. Division, you can, yeah. you can create division or it's very easy to create distraction, right? Mm-hmm. That's another, that's another way of destruction is to distract you from the mission, right? You know, mm-hmm. we can distract you. <clears throat> Look at how easy it is for people to get distracted from going to church Yes, by a softball game, by this, by that. They end up going off and they're doing something completely different because they've been distracted, right? They've fallen to the temptations of this world. We're not just talking about church. It's talking about Bible. It's talking about anything. It's just like I'm going in my own little direction. Mm-hmm. And then also the next, the, the next D would be to discredit your testimony, right? To be mm. able to discredit everything about you, right? If I, 
no matter what I say about you, right? If I, if it, whatever it is, if we can discredit your witness, it, it makes it to where you're no longer able to do the work right. that you were, you know, like it, it, we've all seen, you've watched a Perry Mason episode. You've watched, you know, murder. She wrote somebody gets on the stand and all of a sudden, the 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 opposing counsel discredits the witness. Well, guess what happens? It becomes you know, it, it all of a sudden the, the case falls apart. Right. Uh, you know, case dismissed. Well, that's how it is with Christianity. Mm-hmm. So they didn't discredit us. Mm-hmm. The Christianity gets dismissed. Right. You know, if you can, if you can distract us, Christianity gets destructed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can, and if you can create division within us, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you have more of the destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, so what can we do differently the next time that a, that we we feel offended or we have an offense that comes up in order to avoid? division distraction or discreditment of one another you're asking me hard questions especially when i didn't listen to the message okay so for me what i always try to do is i try to self-reflect in situations and i'm not always the best at this but to me the key is to self-reflect and see is there a place in this where there's some truth, where I'm wrong, where I have been misguided, misdirected, misled, um, and really trying to make sure that I have confronted the negativity in myself before I confront the negativity in somebody else. Um, and How about this? Okay. Make the answer a little easier. Yeah. How about we show love? Yeah. Right. You know, okay. just that we approach everything with love. Yeah. So, I, well, what what you're saying is great, right? Because you got to reflect. You got to because it's really hard to love somebody as you're talking about your mama. You're like your mama does this, and you're like, I love you. You know, it's really hard to do that. Yeah. You know, so we have to be able to do do both, right? We have to be able to reflect on the situation that we're in, deal with the circumstance we're in, but also we still have to show love. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I said yesterday is the day of your hurt should also be the day of your healing. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be one of those things that should take some time in here. When you, If you start to begin your healing on the same day of an offense, it allows you to actually grow through that. You shouldn't, you know, it's very, it, it, so I'm, I'm going to throw another piece of scripture out there. Ephesians 4, uh, verse 26 and 27, it says, In your anger do not sin, mm-hmm. and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Yes. That word foothold is actually space, right? You know, mm-hmm. space in your brain. Yeah. And I used an analogy yesterday, so I'm going to kind of go a little bit, a little more into service from yesterday. I used this analogy, this space, and we used a, a roommate. And, you know, people out there, maybe you've had a roommate before, right? You've had somebody you've lived with. You've had somebody you've shared space. Well, when I've had roommates, it's always been in my home. You know, it's always been in a place that I've lived at. You know, it's like always been the, I'm the one looking for the roommate and the other help offset bills or whatever. So, but I've always had rules for the roommates, right? As the roommates move in, I've always said, Hey, here's the deal. Upstairs is off limit. You can't use this restroom. You can't do that. Don't use the kitchen. Whatever it is, you have these privileges for this space. And so when you give the devil a foothold, right, you gave them this space. And so it could be just that bedroom, right? And you go, that's my anger space. That's my offense space. That's that's just what it's going to be at. The problem is, is that six months later, those people that you only gave that little bit of space to no longer only reside in that space. 
They're out on your couch. They got their feet up. They're watching TV with you. They're watching sports with you. You've made it comfortable and the rules have become laxed, right? And, and so that's when we, when we allow the devil to have a foothold in our brain or in our, we give the devil or the demon space to reside in our brain, they become comfortable and it becomes almost second nature that it just kind of kicks it on the couch with us all the time. And so how do we, how do we put the kibosh on that, right? Make it, have it come to an end immediately rather than allow it to. And the first part of that is by forgiving, right? Mm-hmm. And that anger, you can't allow the devil to have a foothold because that anger is going to fester. It's going to become more comfortable. So you have to be able to, I use the analogy of being like a, a duck. We have to become more like ducks because we have to let it just fall off of us. We have to let the water fall off of us. We just have to, you know, and it's like we, we get so accustomed to be offended mm-hmm. that we just let it ride. And we're like, oh, no, I'm going to let it ride. And we have to get better at being more of this group that goes, I just, we're just going to let it go. We, you know, we, it, when we take offense to it, when we, hard, when we harbor it, when we, when we allow it resonance within us, it becomes part of us. And, and you know, and, and when we end up having these times where we're going, okay, how do we, how do we cast this away? How do we get rid of this bitterness? How do we get rid of these things? And we can't do it because we've already allowed it to, to just set up residence in our brain. Well, I think if we flip your analogy, and this is an analogy that I've used often, is a lot of times we don't we want to say that we allow Jesus into our lives and we want to say that we've given him full access. And the analogy that I use is look at your relationship with Jesus in the areas that you have given him as a house. So Jesus comes over, he knocks on your door, he's on your front porch, you invite him into your house. You're sitting in your front room, you tell Jesus that he can have access to any room except for this one room that's in the back, he can't go back there. Mm. And in your life, that could be anything. It could be your depression, it could be your anger, it could be a situation that you faced, it could be a past hurt. Um, But you haven't allowed him into that space, but you've told him that he can have access to everywhere else. Well, if you're not giving Jesus full access to your life, full access, complete access to every room in your house, then he can't make the progress that needs to be made in your life to change everything because you still have locked him out of that one room. Very, very true. So same, same thing to put together. So I want to, uh, one thing that I want to go through real quick, because I think it was important, important from yesterday's message is, uh, uh, and it relates to that, uh, to Ephesians four twenty nine. It says, do not allow any unwholesome talk to come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So no, un no unwholesome talk, no belittling, no bad mouthing, no coming out. You can't criticize, even though people may be idiots. You can't be like you idiots. You can't do that. Right. You know, so, uh, but only what's helpful for building them up. So I just want to kind of give you a couple steps here and a couple things. So if you're writing this down, uh, just, just know I'm going to contradict myself about halfway through. So number one, never call one another names, right? Especially in a marriage, right? Don't call anybody names. Uh, don't call it, Hey, I hate you. I hate this or whatever. Number two, never raise your voice. My wife loves that. She'll go to me and she'll go, you're yelling at me. And I go, I'm not yelling at you. Would you like me to yell at you? I can yell at you. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, uh, never get historical. So, uh, if you haven't dealt with it in the past, you don't get to deal with it tonight. Right. You know, that's just not how it works. Never get historical. 
Um, here's my contradiction. Never say never or always, right? So never, ever say never and never say always. You never do this and you always do that. Those are not things that you should do in the middle of your conversation with the spouse. Never threaten divorce. Uh, very important. And then here's really, really important in my personal favorite. Never quote your pastor in the middle of your fight, right? I do that all the time, you guys. <laughs> Never oh, quote no. your pastor during a fight. Never be like, <laughs> Pastor Mike said this. I, I, hey, if it's, I'm not there. It's you, even better when you say, you said this on Sunday. <laughs> it, it, so uh, just make sure that if uh, if I'm not in the room that you can't quote me. You know, that's just how it is. So if she's there, she can, and if she's in the room, she can quote me because I'm, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. So just want to be clear about that. Anyway, so uh, we're uh, way beyond our time. And so these are just some steps to talk a little more about it. I would encourage you. And if you like what you've heard here, then you would definitely like joining us at the edge. So uh, maybe you can't watch us in person because you're you're consuming this content someplace else. But we are online, uh, and uh, so you can watch us there. You can watch us, uh, and and uh, we try to make service like this, light, fun, and uh, and this time here is just a little more in depth on a few of the topics. So we are grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and uh, then we are going to finish out. Uh, we are so thankful that you joined us today, and uh, we look forward to seeing you one day in person or meeting you one day in our travels. Uh, but let's pray. Uh, Father, we know that being offended is inevitable, but we live, but by living offended, it is a choice. Please help us overcome the destructing offenses that we can cause or that we have that have been caused upon us and heal us where we are still hurting so that our lives look more like yours in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you again. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you and Mm -hmm. uh, we would love questions. So you can always send us in questions and uh, you can always, uh, always share. Yes. Make sure you like subscribe and share. That would be great. Yes. All right, guys. Well, God bless. Thank you. And thank you for being here for M&M on Mondays. Yes. And don't forget, we we are are on on the the edge edge together. together.